Hi, and welcome to the Book of Rulebooks. My name is Mathieu Labrosse, and today I'll read to you Chapter 2, Under Falling Skies, a game designed by Thomas Ullier and published by Czech Games Edition. We don't know what they are. We don't know where they came from. We don't know why they're attacking. All we know is that they're here. We must find a way to stop them. And time is running out. Under Falling Skies is a solo game of dice management and tough decisions. To win, you will need to defend your city and complete your research before the alien mothership destroys your base. Setup This setup includes everything you will use in your first game. All these components are packed in the top part of the box. Leave the campaign chapters in the box until you're ready to start the campaign. Place the research marker on its starting space on the research track. Place the energy marker on its starting space on the energy track. Place the damage marker on its starting space on the damage track. And place the excavator on its starting space. For your first game, use the two white dice and the three gray dice. Place the mothership tile at the top. Place one purple ship on each of the five drop points. Set the four white ships off to the one side. These are additional ships that may spawn during play. Place the four sky tiles in order, with darker tiles on top and lighter ones closer to you. This setup is for an easy game. To play one normal difficulty instead, flip one sky tile at random. Use Roswell as your first city tile. Blue side up. For the top part of the base, use the base style A, and for the bottom part of your base, use the base style B. Note that these symbols match the symbols on the Roswell city tile. Gameplay Your goal is to get your research marker to the top of the research track before the aliens destroy your city. You lose if your damage marker reaches the bottom of its track or if the mothership descends to the rope marked with a skull. Each round of the game has three phases. One, the dice phase, when you place dice and move ships. Two, the rooms phase, where you resolve the effects of your chosen rooms. And three, the mothership phase, resolve the mothership's turn. The dice phase. First, roll all five dice. So you should have three gray and two white dice. And second, Place each die in a different column of your base. Each time you place a die, follow these steps. First, all ships in that column descend by the amount shown on the die. Second, some effects may be triggered. And third, after placing a white die, reroll all dice not yet placed. You will place two white dice, so you must reroll twice, or only once, if you save a white die for last. When you are done, you will have only one die in each column. These dice will power various effects during the rooms phase. The Excavator The excavator follows a path winding down through your base, from row to row. It divides your base into two parts. All spaces on the path behind the excavator are excavated, and all other spaces are not yet excavated. Only one die can be placed on a space ahead of the excavator. All other dice must be placed on excavated space. 
The only reason to place a die in an unexcavated space is to move the excavator there during the room's phase. Before placing it, count the spaces from the excavator to that space. Your die must have this value or higher. Note, a die used to move the excavator must still follow the rules of one die per column. Enemy ship actions. Each time you place a die, all enemy ships in that column descend a number of spaces equal to the amount shown on the die, unless the die is placed in an AA gun room. These rooms fill the sky with anti-aircraft fire, causing enemy ships to descend more cautiously. Ships in this column descend one space less than the amount shown on the die. If the die is a 1, the ships do not descend and do not trigger effects. Immediately after all ships in the column descend, they trigger any effects on their resulting spaces. Ignore spaces they pass through. If multiple ships are in the column, move them simultaneously, then resolve their effects starting at the top. When a ship moves onto a space with an arrow, move the ship into the space the arrow points to. Exception, if that space already has a ship in it, the arrow has no effect. When a ship moves onto a space with a mothership icon, move the mothership tile down one row. If it moves into a row with ships of any color, return them to the mothership to respawn later. If the mothership tile descends to the row marked by the skull, you lose immediately. Otherwise, you ignore the mothership's action, which are the symbols along the right edge of the board. The explosion icon is not a triggered effect. Explosions like this mark spaces where ships can be shot down by your fighters in the next phase. Damage. If a ship descends below the sky, it hits your city and your base takes damage. Move the damage marker down one space. After damaging your city, the ship victoriously returns to the mothership to be respawned at the end of the round. If the damage marker moves onto the skull icon, you lose the game. The Rooms phase. In this phase, you resolve the effect of each die you placed. Remove the die to show its effect has been resolved. Dice may be resolved in any order. Dice cannot be added together unless they are sharing a multi-space room. If you choose to not use a particular die, you must still resolve it. Costs. Many rooms have energy costs. For example, a certain room might have two energy icon below it to show that it requires two energy to use it. You pay the energy by moving your energy marker on the energy track. If you don't want to pay or can't pay, remove the die with no effect. Value of a room. The value of a room is the amount shown on the die plus or minus the room's modifier, if it has one. Note that a room's modifier does not affect the movement of enemy ships in the dice phase. Multi-space rooms. If a room takes up multiple spaces, it can be used only if all of its spaces have dice. The value is the sum of the dice plus or minus any modifiers. If any space of a multi-space room is left empty, remove its dice with no effect. Here are the effects of the different excavated room. The AA gun rooms are explained on the previous page. They have no effect in the rooms phase, simply remove the die. Excavated tunnels have no effect, simply remove the die as well. The energy rooms generate the energy you need to power other effects, 
add the value of the room to your energy. If this would move your marker off the track, set your energy to the maximum value. The Jet Fighter rooms let you shoot down one or more enemy ships. Destroy all enemy ships on explosion spaces with a number less than or equal to the value of this room. Purple ships return to the mothership to respawn. White ships are removed from the board. Research rooms allow you to advance on the research track, which is how you win the game. Move up one or more spaces on the research track. The sum of the numbers on these spaces must be less than or equal to the value of the room. For example, to pass over a 2 and end your move on a 3, you need a room with a value of 5 or better. Excavating your base In the dice phase, you are allowed to place at most one die in an unexcavated space. In the rooms phase, that die can be used to move the excavator. If you choose to move the excavator, pay one energy. This cost is depicted on the excavator. Remove the die and move the excavator to the die space. The spaces behind the excavators have now been excavated. Reminder, how many spaces did you move the excavator? It should be less than or equal to the amount shown on the die. If this is not the case, then the placement in the dice phase was illegal. The Mothership Phase The Mothership Phase has three steps. First, move the Mothership. Second, resolve the Mothership action. And third, spawn ships. Moving the Mothership during this step, the mothership moves down to the next row. If there are any ships in the row, put them on the mothership, or more precisely, the dark half of the mothership tile. The ships will respawn in the third step of this phase. Resolving the mothership action. Next, perform the action at the drop points, which is where we move the mothership. There are a few different effects that can happen at this point, which are moving the excavator backwards the indicated number of spaces, moving your research marker down the indicated number of spaces, placing the indicated number of white ships on the mothership, they will spawn at the end of this phase, taking damage to your base, and if the mothership tiles drop point reach the row marked by the skull, you lose immediately. Unlike the above mothership's action, this applies even if the mothership moves in the dice phase. Spawning ships. During the round, ships may have been placed on the mothership. At this time, those ships must be spawned on drop points. Spawn them all, unless the drop points get filled up first. First, spawn purple ships before white. Then, choose among drop points in columns with no ships. And finally, when every column has a ship, choose a drop point that is farthest from the highest ship in this column. If those rules leave you with multiple options, the choice is yours. If all five drop points fill up, ships that have not yet spawned will stay on the mothership for another round. White ships. White ships spawn after purple ships. White ships return to the mothership if they hit your city, but white ships are removed from the board if they are shot down. If all white ships are on the board, ignore an effect that tries to add more. End of game. Winning. If your marker reaches the top of the research track, you win immediately.
Note, the only way to get to the space marked 11 is to use a multi-space research room in the lower half of your base. Losing. If the mothership descends to the row with the skull, you lose immediately. You also lose immediately if your base takes maximum damage. Full game. So far, we went over the rules for a basic game of Under Falling Skies. Now, we'll look at some new elements. The cities will give your games variety, even before you start the campaign. You can flip over sky tiles to increase the challenge, and robots will give you a new trick for running your base efficiently. Threat level. Each sky tile has two sides. One side is more threatening than the other. The threat level of your game is the number of sky tiles set to the more threatening side. The standard difficulty is threat level 1. As you become more experienced, you can challenge yourself with higher levels up to level 4. During setup, you should choose a threat level and flip that many sky tiles, at random, to the more threatening side. Cities Even before getting into the campaign, you can choose to defend different cities. Except for Roswell, each city has a special ability that modifies the rule for the duration of the game. Each city is used with a specific pair of base tiles. Different bases have different damage and energy track. Damaged city. Each city has two sides. You start with the undamaged blue side, but if you lose that game, you can flip the city over and try a second game on the damaged side. Because Earth's citizens are resilient, the ability on the damaged side is stronger than the original one. Note. When setting up a second game, the flipped sky tiles for your threat level should again be chosen randomly. Robots A robot is a blue die that stays in your base even after all the grey and white dice have been resolved. Robots are never rolled and never placed in a dice phase. They just stay where they are installed and do their work in the room's phase. Installing robots To install a robot, Use a new room called the Robots Room. First, set a blue die to the value of the die you put into that room. If the value is more than 6, set the blue die to 6. And then, immediately install your new robot in an empty space of an excavated room. Newly installed robots are exhausted, which means you can't use them this round. Denote an exhausted robot by rotating the die 45 degrees. You are limited to two robot dice. However, you may remove a robot from the board at any time. For example, you can remove a robot to reinstall it as a new robot. Note that installing a robot does not cause enemy ships to move. Worker dice in the dice phase. From now on, the gray and white dice that you place in the dice phase will be called worker dice. In the dice phase, you still must place one worker die in each column. Essentially, you ignore the robot dice. And if a robot die is in the space where you want to place a worker die, you can remove it. Robot dice in the rooms phase. During the rooms phase, robots from previous round are used to power effects. They work just like worker dice, with these exceptions. First, after resolving the robot die, you can leave it on the board. Second, if you use the robot die, decrease its value by 1. If it is already at 1, you remove it from the board. 
rotate the robot to show that it is exhausted and thus cannot be used again during this phase. At the end of the rooms phase, rotate all exhausted robots back to the usual unexhausted orientation. Special cases. If you use a robot die in a robot room, you're allowed to take that die to represent the robot you are installing. You can install a robot in an AA gun room, but it won't do anything. If a mothership action moves the excavator backwards, a robot may be buried. Remove any robots in unexcavated rooms. In a multi-space room, an exhausted robot is like an empty space. You can't use that room. Standalone games. You now know how to play the standard game of Under Falling Skies. Choose a city, set your threat level, and try to win before the aliens blow you up. The roll of the dice will make every game different and interesting, even though the entire campaign is still sitting in the box. Try various threat levels until you find the level that is most fun. The campaign is designed for players who know the game well enough to know which threat level they like. Campaign. Under Falling Skies can also be played as a four-chapter campaign. It usually lasts about 10 games. The campaign is fully replayable, and you will discover new combinations every time. The four chapters are designed to be revealed gradually, telling a story as you play through the campaign. They are packed in order, each in a separate bundle. Start the campaign by lifting the campaign notebook and the first chapter out of the box. Chapter Briefing At the top of each bundle, you will find a chapter briefing with a scene on one side and new information on the other. Familiarize yourself with this, then choose your first battle. Choose your battle. When you open a chapter, you will find scenarios to challenge you and characters to help you, as well as several new cities. Two of these cities are being attacked. Make two pile, each with a random scenario, city, and character from the current chapter. Return the remaining scenarios, cities, and characters to the box for now. They will return later in the chapter. The two randomly created piles represent two simultaneous alien attacks. Choose one of the two piles. The one you choose is the battle you will fight. The other scenario is automatically lost. The city is annihilated. The character, well, let's just say the three components in that pile are removed from the game. You can keep removed components together in the plastic bag. Don't throw them away. The campaign is replayable. Scenarios. Each scenario has special rules for that particular battle. The comics give you an idea of what that battle will be about. If you want, you can choose your battle just by looking at the comic side. The rules of the other scenario will then remain unknown, thus saving some surprise for when you decide to replay the campaign someday. Characters. Each character has a special ability you can use once per game. After using the ability, set the character aside to remind you that you cannot use it again in that game. Use the blue side during the chapter when you first meet your character. The upgraded side comes into play in later chapters. Starting the campaign. At the beginning of the campaign, Take a sheet from the score pad and fold it to make your campaign notebook. Make up a campaign name and write it at the top of the first page, as shown in the illustration. 
As explained on the preceding page, randomly create two piles and choose one to be your first battle. Record the name of the city, scenario, and character. Play one game. Record the result of your first game in the box. If you lose, the result is an X, as illustrated. If you win, record the threat level, the number of threatening sky tiles. The damaged box is there in case you lose your first game. In that case, play a second game with the city's damage side. Again, randomly flip sky tiles based on your threat level. Use the same scenario and characters. The character's effect can be used once in each game. Record the result of this game, win or lose. Now, randomly generate two more piles in the chapter's remaining components. Choose one pile to be your second battle. Fight it and record the results. Removing or saving components. In certain situations, some pieces are permanently removed from the campaign. After you choose one of the two piles, remove the pieces in the other pile. After you finish a battle, in one or two games, win or lose, remove the scenario. If you lose two games in the same city, remove it. Other pieces need to be saved for later chapters. If you win a game in a city, you have saved it from destruction. Keep it for later. If you finish a battle in one or two games, win or lose, keep the character. Two bags are provided to help you keep removed and saved components separate. Setting Threat Level You should play the campaign as a threat level you enjoy when playing standalone games. It should be winnable, but challenging. The campaign gets more difficult as you go, but you'll find help along the way, so you should be able to play the entire campaign at the same threat level. However, if you feel like adjusting it up or down during the campaign, that's okay too. Spice up your standalone game. The components in the campaign can also be used to spice up standalone games, allowing you to build your own battle. Choose any city, damaged or undamaged. Choose any scenario or play without one. You can play with any team of characters or none at all. You can play with characters upgraded, not upgraded, or a mix. Set up the sky with any combination of basic and advanced sky tiles. Then. Set your difficulty. The difficulty is determined by the black and yellow stars. Each black star on a sky tile adds one to your difficulty. If you're using a scenario, that also adds one to your difficulty. Yellow stars cancel black stars. Each upgraded character subtract one to your difficulty. Damaged sky tiles and non-upgraded characters are each worth half a yellow star. Add up all black stars and subtract all yellow stars. This is the game's difficulty. If you add the number of black and yellow stars together, that tells you how epic your game is. And that is it for chapter 2 of the Book of Rulebooks, Under Falling Skies, a game by Thomas Ullier and published by Czech Games Edition. My name is Matthew Rablas and thank you very much for listening. And stay tuned for chapter 3, Wingspan.